GM, give me one second. I'm going to tweet this out and we'll get going. GM, GM. Sound a little sick there, bud. Bro, it is. It, it's been a weekend. I, I wouldn't say sick. <laughs> Just, I put my body through more than I should this this weekend. So, <laughs> um, I'm alive, though. Um, uh, shout out to pandas. They currently have 420.69 Ethereum in volume on the day. Uh, oh, that's nice. Perfect. Like yeah. nobody, nobody should make another sale. Nope. Ever. Never again. Lock it down for 24 hours. Okay, the tweet is about sent out, and we are good to go. Yeah, man. No, it's been a it's been an interesting weekend. Um, so you know, it's rodeo season, and uh, <laughs> you know, like rodeo season's amazing. I love it, but it also does this to me. Um, I call it Christmas in March. So I mean, slash, you know, the end of February. So it's that whole, that whole era and it's been a, it's been a fun slash rough past couple nights, but we're alive. We're well, I had some buddies in town that I haven't seen in a little bit. So that was a big part of it was just kind of hosting them. And, um, you know, again, one of those type things when you have reunions with those type of friends, it's, it's good, but also, you know, can, can tire you out a little bit when it's all said and done, AKA why on Friday ended up having to push this back until today. So what about yourself, man? How's it going? Uh, doing pretty well. Just honestly, just been chilling. That's it's sit on your hands type season. Actually, you know what? I did sell a panda last night for 3.2. Um, and then immediately bought some RST, you know, it's also like a beta play. And, uh, I thought you could still stake it, which apparently had just ended. Um, <laughs> so I bought, Wait, what, why, why can't you stake it anymore? So they have a period where, yeah, I guess, I guess the reward period for that was like up until the end of January. Um, so I was like. You know, I just bought a fat bag of RST. I'm like, all right, I'm about to farm, you know, hell more RST rewards. Uh, yeah. Because I think that has like a 30x probably minimum. Peak bull, probably 30x minimum in my opinion. Um, from like a, like a $60 million market cap. What is that, $2 billion? Well, I, I mean, it's also basically unofficially, and I get there a couple, you know, you've got karate combat, but between karate and rst they're kind of like the official unofficial tokens of pandas because they're the official unofficial tokens of bags right um karate combat's not bags that's just the partnership well i mean that's what i'm saying again it's just like when i view both of those i i tie them both very closely to the pandas and what's happening there Oh, yeah. I mean, pandas did get a fat bag uh, and still do. I'm um, still claimable. I think it's up to 2,000 claims. Uh, I think it's still like 500 bucks right now. At the peak, it was close to $700 uh, airdrop. Um, yeah, pretty nice one. No, they're, they're going on a well, well-deserved run right now. And, uh, you know, conviction feels nice. Yeah, man. And I mean, right now, everything in the ETH ecosystem is slowly starting to move, right? Yeah, my my ETH chubby is going insane right now. You you don't hear any Solana people at the moment. I don't it's, know. It is kind of weird, isn't it? it? It's a little bit quiet out there. Like, oh no, dude, I thought you was dead, but whatever. Um, and by the way, anybody in here that wants to join us, feel free to hit that request button. We'll bring you guys up here on stage with us too. Um, but yeah, you know, the Solana ecosystem has been a little bit more quiet. I won't lie, dude. I was laughing my ass off whenever Avalanche was down for a little bit. 
because it, the timing of it was just so perfect where, you know, it, it, it kind of makes me wonder too. I like, I haven't read the full report for what exactly this, you know, one-off edge case was as far as the chain becoming overloaded with inscriptions, et cetera, like what exactly happened with that. But it does make me wonder, you know, inscriptions on an EVM, how many of these other chains would be potentially vulnerable to something like that? You know, basically a DDoS on the network, um, which, you know, they were able to clear up. I think whatever the, the patches got implemented, um, and not too long, but it was still just one of those funny things. And hey, again, funny enough, you look at it, the price of AVAX has gone up since it too. But I mean, right now, either way, it's not AVAX, it's not Soul, it's not anything else. Like this is ETH season right now. No, downtime is bullish. If, if we it is. have not learned something, downtime is bullish. It is. So downtime's bullish. Um, you know, that's already established. <laughs> I was actually, you know, even when I looked at the chart for AVAX right after it happened, I kind of expected with it being one of the first major downtime events I've seen for that network, having seen, you know, looking for some type of irregular sell-off from the FUD. I didn't even see it when it happened. I mean, and I, I get it. It was just one of their subnets, but it was their busiest subnet, right? Like the C-Chain is their busiest subnet. So um, the rest of them were all up and running. There was no issues, but again you know it goes back to bro like i i I do have to comment one thing on it just the insanity i didn't realize still how big these inscriptions are on these alt chains for you know the asians still because it was a a mint of eight million eight hundred eighty eight thousand eight hundred and eighty eight pieces and like i i just sit there and i wonder and i get it you know, a lot of these people are sitting out there minting off 25,000 pieces. But when it starts to get to that point, like, what is the real, why? The real meta for somebody? Why? Yeah, exactly. Why? That's just like, I don't know. That just seems useless. That just seems like a waste of time to me. I don't think there's ever going to be a collection of 8 million something that ever pops off. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But <laughs> I mean, but I again, I, I don't understand the meta enough to really go through and say, okay, well, you know, maybe they're just trying to find that one gem. Like, I don't know if it's randomly generated, if it's generated from something like I didn't really look too much deeper into the actual collection itself and what was happening with it. Other than the fact that I'm like, damn, you know, a lot of instant spam on the network was able to basically, you know, bring it to a gridlock for a minute. Unless uh, if you just like open up a short and then you were like, hey, let's try breaking the chain. Yeah. I mean, hey, like I just wonder again or long, if I guess. it is possible from that. Again, what other chains is it possible on? And is there some edge case where somebody wants to go out and, you know, for some reason or another, spam some random network, bring it to a halt from doing something like this? I mean, it is an attack vector in a sense. I mean, until it's not, until people go out and they make these different upgrades, they make the different collect or corrections. Um, but, you know, here, here's the truth of the matter, Rooster. What it comes down to, like, we are in the bull market. I, I mean, it's the very, very, very early stages of it, right? But this is, like, it's the bull market. I, I'm, I'm ready to just get out there and say it. Um you know, very, very, very early stages still, but like, this is it. So, um, yeah, shout out to, you know, this is bull with market. Um, I'm not ready, dude. <laughs> yeah. So not, I mean, I feel like you've slowly been crushing it though, rooster. So what is, what, what's your current play? You said right now, you know, you did a little bit of rotation over to RST to kind of capture that gaming meta, um ride basically if you got a winner ride with the winner what's the next step for rooster right now uh probably sit on my hands before i make any rash rash decisions honestly um just like you said you know if we're in the very beginning of the bull market like probably scrape 
take a little bit of profit, right? Have some sideline capital to be able to, you know, capture on any upcoming meta, right? Or, you know, be able to make other trades and then, uh, you know, sit on the winners. Um, I'm not really holding any losers at the moment, so there's no need to cut those. Um, but yeah, maybe sit cut on them. <laughs> yeah, the, those, those were cut a while ago. Um, sit on the winners. Take a little bit of profit, sideline capital, rotating some high conviction plays, and uh, just you know, let them cook. Okay. The other the other question I have is which stonk holder runs the dog with hat or dog with um, account? That is a good question. You know, we all we have been wondering who that mysterious uh, who is sweeper one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That would be that would be kind of hilarious. Um, now, um, dude, I I think that's smart though. Like you said, right now is still not the the phase where you really need to get that FOMO rush into anything. I mean, even with ETH moving the way it is, we're gonna see. I think some of the ETH ecosystem slowly continue to pop off. Right? Um, I this may be a little bit of an unpopular take. I still don't think that it's going to lead to a major, major bull market in NFTs yet. I still just think that it's going to be one of those things where you have a continued steady rise, right? Where it basically brings things up a little bit, you know, like a rising tide um, brings all ships up with it, where the things that are strong continue to strengthen. But, and I think it'll lead to a little bit more momentum toward a strong NFT bull market for ETH, but I just don't think that it's going to be fully there yet, right? Like this is just another step, stepping stone to get to that point for what we're going to see here either later this year or beginning of next year, whatever it is. I mean, it's just more of a slow grind than I think it is going to be one of these things where it happens all at once, like what a lot of people expect. Oh, yeah. I mean, one, one of the dudes in uh, Abasha sent, sent a screenshot from one of his buddies, one of his normie buddies. Uh, and apparently he bought Solana at 150 and um, he's like, I don't care what's happening right now. I'm not touching crypto until my initial investment is break even again. Like it, you have so many different perspectives, especially like when these normies are going to come back in. Like some of them aren't even going to look the direction until we're pushing all time highs again. I don't know. I, the, uh I'm getting a feeling in my loins that this is going to be like a blow off top of blow off tops. This cycle could be, I, I agree fully. Right. I, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say at all, because at the end of the day, like, I mean, the larger something grows, the more belief there is in the general market, just about its potential. Right. There are a lot of people that see, um, that see the market where it's hitting right now with multi-trillions of dollars. They see Bitcoin. They finally understand enough about it. They're familiar with it. And they've seen it die multiple times and they've seen it come back each time. And eventually, I think that just kind of sticks with people where they're like, shoot, this thing's not going away. And then it right. just got the Uncle Sam stamp of approval with the ETF almost. So, In a way, you're right. I mean, like, so... There are just a lot of different things that I think really are leading toward this being a cycle unlike any that we've really ever seen. Um, and I, the funniest part is there's so many people that will sit there and they'll tell you, like, you know, oh, this last one is the last site. And, like, they're saying that every time. I, I still think that we've got another decade of this. <laughs> like, it sounds wild, right? But, you know, we really do have just an insane amount of time left as far as what is still ahead of us and yeah you know, i mean just with the opportunity but like, we're still scratching the surface yeah just like just the amount of opportunity people have before like massive regulation comes in the space at least gives probably another six years um and then yeah i i 100 agree with you at, at least another decade of uh crypto festivities um and a lot of lot a lot of upside potentials on all that. And remember, there's only eight thousand seven hundred thirty six wonky stonks, and this is going to be the blow off top of blow off tops. 
That's it, man. Only 8,735 that you can find. Um, so, and a few more locked up on top of that. Um, but yeah, you know, like it's, the stocks are inevitable too. People are going to appreciate the art meta. I mean, they do, right? But we really haven't seen this full resurgence back to the art side of things yet. That's going to get a rotation. Um, so that's going to end up happening. I can't look at my screen right now <laughs> because my OCD is getting killed by Trizzy's freaking um, <laughs> emojis. Like my OCD, I, I can't do it. Um, but it's going to end up rotating back that direction too, right? Like we've seen a slow and steady growth just in the strength of the stonk floor, how it's continued to just climb up, right? Consolidation, leg up consolidation. Um, and we're, we're at that right now, right? Where that point two is the next big marker where we cleared that big wave supply that was sitting there. Um, you know, we, it's as far as the, the real, the real, what is listed to be able to get to that next area, you know, that point three, point four area, it's super thin. Right. So it doesn't really take much as far as a catalyst to really get there. And I think the same thing is what we were talking about with Bitcoin. I mean, it applies to stocks. It applies to like a lot of these other different assets that have been around that have been slowly strengthening. When people slowly start to realize it's like, OK, you know, stocks haven't gone away. There's something that has been on the feed all the time throughout the past couple of years because I make sure they're on the feed. Um, you guys do. Right. Like people know the stocks. And I think it's one of those things that as they capitalize, they reach those new all-time highs. Um, you know, they're going to bring that next level of respect. And, you know, it, it only intensifies as you start to hit certain markers. Like, you know, the one ETH marker is definitely one that eventually is going to end up happening, being checked off. Um, and, you know, as you hit each one of those, you get more people that are comfortable talking about it as well. Right. So it's going to end up happening. It's just a matter of when. Um, and, you know, like surviving, you know, not even really surviving. We've done the surviving part, hanging out in the meantime. So, Crow, what's going on, man? Yo, yo, yo. I, I feel comfortable talking about the wonky stalks. Really? That's yeah, I tell, I tell my friends about them and everything. I'm just messing around, bro. I know you do. They're not ready. They're not ready to start buying NFTs. I'm pleading with them, too. Now is the time. and They're not ready. Like, coincidentally, I had my friend, some of my friends ready to buy NFTs in 2021. Now they no longer have been ready to add to their bags. Um, but, yeah, I got a few, I got a few in real life stonecolder buddies. You know the sad part, though? There are a lot of these people that aren't going to be ready. Until they get somebody like Logan Paul that tells them again to hop back in, right? You know, and it, it's just a matter of it. Like, some of these people aren't going to be ready until some major celebrity influencer or whatever comes out and they start their grifts. And eventually that's going to happen. That's like the unfortunate part of it. Kind of like tuition that people almost have to pay upon, you know, an entrance fee to the place is that sacrifice. Um, because what actually will end up happening is one of these people will launch a successful collection, then all the other influencers and celebrities all get FOMO from what's happened there. And so do all the other people. They see what happened and they all want to follow that meta and they all want to do their own thing. And the majority of those all end up losing. But it also brings a whole new wave of participants that end up, you know, kind of being entrenched. They're bag holders to a certain extent and they learn about what is the actual real meta um and you know that might line up with around when the top of the market is we'll see but you know the top of the market is floyd mayweather's next crypto scam i think (laughs) he's on a two-year cycle because i think he receives like a ban of promoting everything anything for two years Uh, i think his last one was 2023 so somewhere in 2025, when Floyd Mayweather uh, does some crypto scheme, that's when you sell everything. I mean, yeah, that, that's definitely coming as well. Um, so I agree. Um, 
So yeah, we've got that coming also. And I, I am curious though, what is the craziest thing, Crow, as far as your normie friends? What exactly is it that they associate NFTs with? You know, how do those conversations go? Is it a complete opposition or is it more like just a, uh, you know, I'll eventually roll around, become interested in that one day, like, you know, more of just a laugh it off. What exactly is their position on the entire thing? They're just not there yet. I think it's across the board with people. Like, I think we're the only ones that are into NFTs. You said it multiple times. Like, a lot of people in crypto still haven't even made that cross yet. So, yeah, they're, you know, they understand Bitcoin or at least kind of understand it's not going away. And it's just a little too far down the rabbit hole. We just don't see it yet. You, you know what ruined NFTs for the masses is the damn mutant PFPs. Hot take. I mean, there's a shit ton of scams. Like, one of my buddies uh, bought something he saw off Instagram, and it was a complete rug pull. And there was hundreds of those. So a lot of people do have bad taste in their mouth from it. I will admit, Rooster, the fact that the mutant PFPs ever became what they were, and they were enough people that actually, I kid you not, were like, is the art not sick on this? Just shows you how sick and mentally twisted human beings can become from bag bias right like it's the truth and the whole meme of the good art bad art thing as price evolves so like if mutant apes could ever be considered good art anything can at a certain price range yeah no it's like it's funny being on reddit too because before so nfts I, I only dabbled into crypto. Tw- I didn't even know like crypto Twitter existed. I just thought like, oh, like sick. I found a few accounts, you know, yours being one of them. And I was like, oh, they, they, you know, they give some pretty good crypto information. I was getting most of my crypto information pre 2021 off Reddit. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll still go on Reddit from time to time and, you know, see what they post. And it's insane like seeing people who are open to crypto their view like their anti nft views and how they view nfts is is absolutely baffling um like these people really are still stuck on the same narrative that people get upset thinking you can right click save their nft and they're like oh it's you don't actually own the picture it's just a link to a picture like <coughs> they're missing the entire the entire narrative of the of nfts in general like they're they're focusing on the main like multimedia points you know during peak nft bull run that people were trying to use to fud which you know pretty much can no longer be used to fud anymore i don't know it's it's absolutely retarded um and there's actually no way you can change them they're like you're an idiot if you don't take uh, a twenty thousand dollar off on your pudgy penguin. This was when they're at ten ETH, um, and you know, two months later, here we are. Yeah, and no, they're going to continue to say that, right? Um, you know, it even goes back to I remember on my, <laughs> I remember on my uh, brother's bachelor party back in the summer of twenty two. As I'm sitting there, like trying to pudgy pill, stonk pill, whatever else, all these different guys out there throughout the weekend. I was just sitting there like buying these things left and right. And they were just calling me the biggest idiot in the world. And was I maybe, but I mean sometimes you've got to be you've got to believe in something that just other people doesn't make sense. Because by the time it makes sense to the majority, the majority of the opportunity is gone. Um, literally bags tweet this morning was like uh he, he screenshotted like the top sales over the past over the past week he was like seems bullish i don't know i'm not very smart but really rich now <laughs> <laughs> okay so the question rooster becomes i do have a question for you at what point is it acceptable for you know i look at it and i'm like i think pandas for instance will you know there will be some gems that do sell for 100 plus ETH throughout it will the floor get that high throughout the bull market I, I i don't know if they do i don't think they do like i know that's nothing against bags that's just a very tough floor to reach um 
So I've asked myself, at what point would it be acceptable to sell the honorary? And I'm like, I think it would have to be, you know, a 100 plus ETH sale. And at that point, I could feel and like at that point in time, too, it'd have to be enough above floor to where it's like I replace it, you know, with some other pandas. Right. You rotate it out. You bring something else in because that type of thing. I really do think if it is the right sale can be bullish for a collection because any big sales can be bullish. But if it's the wrong way that it's done, you know, it's not. So there are healthy ways of doing it, you know, but what would be the healthy way of doing it? Here's my thing. You will never see one asset that is worth 100 ETH or over ever in my wallet, because I guarantee if any one thing ever hits 100 ETH, I'm selling it immediately, if possible. I would not be the ape holder. I, I don't care about the 100 ETH to maybe 125, 150 ETH. I don't really give a shit um, at that point. If it hits 100 ETH for one thing in my wallet, I'm selling it. The only thing I'm holding with that is 100 ETH. Um, and then maybe <laughs> rotating it into other plays. Uh, so I absolutely agree that is acceptable. Um, how high above floor doesn't really matter. Um, I don't think. Uh, probably though, the, the the higher the floor goes, the harder it is to you know get a multiple premium. So you know the lower it is. You can probably get more floor pandas selling it for under 100 ETH now than you would, say, pandas at 20 ETH. Okay, I, I, I take back what I said about the 100 ETH. The 100 ETH thing, I kind of agree with you. That's like regardless of where floor is. If it hits 100 ETH, like, honestly, I'm putting that sucker up for sale. And I'm just going to see what happens, right? But before then, I feel like there's an acceptable multiple. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, like right now, what would be that acceptable multiple? Like say that I sold it for 33 and then I swept five floor pandas with the proceeds. Like, yeah, I was going to say one of ones are typically going for like 25 to 30 floors. Um, so, so like if you're selling. able to get a 10 X from floor with it, I feel like that's also, an yeah, acceptable I feel metric. like that's, I feel like that's fair. Uh, a 10 X floor for honorary is fair. Yeah. You know, like, again, I've just thought through that, too, because I'm kind of with you where as much as I love the honorary, don't get me wrong, especially whenever said updates it, which he's going to do. There's also part of me that's like, man, you know, eventually having some, you know, if somebody wants to collect that, let them collect it. And it's not I would rather be more liquid. Yeah. And it's not like real equity in pandas. Yeah. Like, it. It's it's an official panda, but it's an honorary panda, so it doesn't really get any like panda. It's a it's a collector's item, is what it is. Um, and I would definitely want to be like in in the ecosystem financially uh, more than having you know a collector's item. Okay, and you know I'm I'm just curious thinking through all of this. I, I like I have just in general, because I remember honoraries were a big part of last cycle. I think we're going to see more honoraries continue to pop up in some collections. This one, you know, metas get recycled. It's easy uh, marketing. It is easy marketing. And it makes sense. It's like an easy way to be able to reward somebody without really them having to do anything. It just incentivizes marketing because people feel like they've got some type of stake in it um but i don't think here's the the flip side of what i'm going to say toward that rooster i don't think that we're going to see the same type of sales <coughs> and new honoraries that we did in last cycle for things like what we saw with the honorary apes um that just doesn't make as much sense to me i think people have kind of been burned out a little bit from that perspective but yeah too many people are too smart now yeah well i mean it was new last time so i don't even want exactly. to say that people were you know, people are just figuring out where is the value lie? Where does it not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, like 
I, I don't know. There are a lot of exciting things to look forward to this next one. I am curious, RST, are they building anything specifically? Uh, I mean, what, what games are you looking into that they are building that you've tried out? Have you gotten into the, that actual part of the ecosystem yet? Yeah, or... I've actually been playing one of the games during the beginning of the space, funnily enough. Um, but so what, what type of game is it? I'm, I'm curious. It's like it, it, it's a it's a card game. It's a fantasy card game. So I guess it would kind of be like if Final Fantasy was a card game that you, yeah, you attack you collect cards which can also you can also collect the NFT versions and then you get rewarded based on that. Um, and then you also get rewarded like where you where you place. It's kind of almost like uh, magic mixed with Final Fantasy in a card game, kind of. If that makes sense, uh, I don't. Know, I sucked at the very beginning. It took me like seven tries to beat the tutorial, and motherfuckers were like, "Yeah, maybe this game just not for you." Um, and I almost believed them. Uh, but I finally beat the tutorial and then read the cards and understand what they did and how to play the game. And now it's very fun. And they paid out like $63,000 for January's rewards. February's rewards are doing like $160,000 for player rewards. So like, it's like, I don't know, if I could get pieces of these pools for, you know, investing and playing in some games where you got, they, they just announced that they apparently some gaming legend they just onboarded uh to our uh, the rainy studios last night uh, i don't remember his name off the top of my head but people are pretty bullish about that um and then you got bags and then alex moody is you know co-owners um of rainy studios so it's like it's a layup play for me honestly it, and then i think they're at 30 or 60 million market cap right now with about 20% of the supply projected to be burned in four days, five days. So, it, yeah, it just seemed like a layup play for me. I respect that. Like, I think that's one of those things, again, that people don't understand just about being early with this type of stuff is having the opportunity to play some of the games and see kind of what's happening there on the ground floor, get a little bit more of that perspective of what actually can be built with some of these different things, because I really do believe in the gaming side of things. Um, you know, for instance, like I, I have that gaming advisory with uh, Farcana, and I really like, I believe Farcana could be huge this cycle as well. They've got a few things they need to clean up. I think as far as the, the overall shooter experience, it's a bold, doing a shooter game like that is incredibly bold because it costs so much to be able to build out. They've got an incredible, um, incredible partnerships as far as their funding, though. They've got a lot of reach with it. I think that they can make it happen, right? Like in the form that it's in right now, I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, again, you know, for being this early impressed with it. And one of the things I like with it too, it goes back to what you said. One of the cool things with the gaming in this sector is just the fact that people can be rewarded natively in game, right? And like a lot of these currencies and different point system that you worked for before in some of these other games that have just sat there kind of idly in your screen, or maybe there's some weird secondary market that you have to go and be able to capitalize on some of that with, and there's a little bit higher level of friction. Like now, they're all native pieces that you can trade natively in these marketplaces on-chain. Maybe they've got some type of centralized way to be able to trade them off-chain. You can move them on-chain if you want to. But, you know, it just, it just feels like a really natural progression of where things are heading. Um, Bro, it, so it's the... It, it, it's the planting the seeds like it, it's being able to bridge because the gaming community hates shits on nfts right now right and the only way to get them on is to bring them on through a game where they start being rewarded without knowing in the very beginning that it's crypto related or nft related and i think honestly that's one of the genius things pandas are doing in specific like you go on you go on their Twitter page, they have nothing 
about it being an NFT project, like it, within the first, you know, look arounds and, you know, the pin tweets or anything, nothing about, you know, shilling pandas as, you know, being an NFT collection, um, because that's not how they're trying to onboard people. That, that's what Bags was saying his thesis with, you know, John Jones was, right? Like, you know, people were like, why aren't you using, you know, John to promote, uh, to promote pandas? you know, off the bat, this dude has millions of followers on Twitter, you know, but that's like a huge cosign, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you can't just have someone just start trying to shove NFTs or, and, you know, crypto down people's throats, right? You got to first, like, get them to enjoy and use the brand. And then um, when on their own terms, they can stumble upon it and like, oh, you know, you can actually be a part of this. What is this going to cost me? and then make their own decisions from there, right? So it, I think that's going to be the main way people are going to bridge the gaming community is for a game to go viral they don't necessarily know is crypto-related, and all of a sudden they've been rewarded um, without telling them beforehand. I, I don't disagree with you there. I think that's definitely one of the ways that it's going to happen. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, like I think that eventually what so many people don't realize is what it realistically gets to it's when we're at this point where a lot of this stuff is just integrated seamlessly right yeah there are going to be niches for you know the deeper rabbit hole collectors and that's where maybe the higher volumes will be um some of the bigger sales but you know like a lot of these little micro transactions are going to end up scaling to huge amounts of volume as well and it's going to be with a lot of people that don't even realize fully that they're involving crypto in it. Um, I am curious to hear your take, though, on Reddit putting, you know, making the announcement about Bitcoin and ETH and potentially other coins being on their balance sheet. I don't even want to say, like, I don't want to give Matic the credit that Matic is giving themselves for being on Reddit's balance sheet because it's such a small number. <laughs> um, but you know, they've got, they're exploring that, you know, this asset class, which in my take, I haven't really gone through, you know, since they announced it, I've been busy just as far as, um, you know, rodeo stuff is concerned, the friends being in town, not really diving down it. I haven't really seen what Redditor's reaction is to it yet, but intuitively when I saw that, I'm like, there, there's gotta be some outrage. Um, honestly, I would have guessed it's been on their balance sheet for the better part of two years. Um, being 100% honest, uh, I didn't, I was definitely not surprised to hear it. Um, they've been siphoning money. Um, and I think the reason why Matic is giving itself the credit is through Reddit avatars. Um, the first drop they had was extremely successful kind of limited i think not very limited i think it was around 60,000 total nfts um were minted and you could use credit card and uh or that that is how you paid was um, through your reddit account uh so yeah it, it, it honestly doesn't surprise me at all they've been exploring the the crypto assets for crypto asset class for a while i mean they've had you know native currencies like moons in the i mean i guess it's more of a community coin but it's definitely the most popular across reddit which is the and i guess the highest value one market cap wise i don't know what it is right now uh, but that's like the cryptocurrency subreddits community token um and then even some of the reddit avatars did the airdrop like the cones that i got a bitcoin airdrop and which ended up being worth like over $1,500 at one point in time. Bro, was uh, it you and Cuban? Nice. Like, who was it that went in on some of these Reddit avatars together? Yeah, yeah. It was me, Cube, and BTC. That was a while ago. Yeah, so first drop was extremely successful. Um, then they did a second drop, much larger. I think they did like 300000 on that. Um, it took a little longer to sell out, but that sold out. And then they just have completely decimated 
um, the whole Reddit, they got super greedy, decimated the whole Reddit avatar thing. Um, third drop or something was over a million avatars and they're on like fourth, fifth, sixth or something. Uh, so they completely decimated that. doesn't really surprise me that they're adding crypto onto their balance sheet at all. Um, I was mainly, like I said before, mainly used Reddit for my crypto information before 2021. Okay. I mean, that's good perspective because when I looked at it, I just kind of take them, you know, there are fringes, I think, of every public forum. And I think one of the most outspoken sides of Reddit is that more liberal, environmentally friendly NFTs are evil type of side of things. So it's easy when you see that type of image that's being painted there for just kind of ascribing that same identity to the entire community. Yeah, no, the, the, the thing about Reddit is you can, each community is like a sub community and you tailor your information to yourself. So, I mean, it really is just like a giant circle jerk, um, depending on what subreddits you belong to. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. Um, so, I mean, that was big news, though, either way. I mean, again, even if you weren't surprised by it, I think there were a large number of people who were, um, you know, the market had a brief little spike and then retrace. So it was interesting to the market. But at the same time, we're going to see so many more of these type of announcements as BTC is becoming this, you know, accepted tender, basically, right? It's an accepted investment vehicle. Um as it is in the, uh, you know, you can buy the ETFs now, right? Like, it's not as sketchy as it used to be whenever Tesla came out and said that they were putting it on their balance sheet. I miss they, the sketchy day, dude. I miss the cheap coins days. Um, I'm young. I haven't made enough money to go like, I mean, I'm balls deep, but I, I haven't made enough money to where like, you know, being balls deep is a uh, significant yet. So, uh, I mean, I miss sketchy days, dude. I was going to say they changed something, uh, with the accounting laws to make it easier for corporations to hold crypto. I forget exactly what the, the details are. Really? Um, Again, one of those things that doesn't surprise me, I think the big question that I have next is what nation state, right? Like what's going to be the next El, El Salvador? Who's going to be the one to one up El Salvador and what they've done um, by becoming this Bitcoin centric country? Because I feel like we're going to see some larger first world nations that end up kind of turning the curve a little bit on their stance toward BTC, where right now you've got, even though, you know, the courts have upheld the decision to allow BTC, the SEC has to, you know, it is its own commodity. It's traded now as an ETF. It still doesn't really have the true blessing of the U.S. government. The closest that it really has toward being a pro crypto stance is somebody like Trump coming out and saying, Hey, we are, we're not going to do a CBDC. That's not going to be put on the table because Vivek kind of red pilled him into that. Um, and I know Vivek is pro BTC. So the only way I could maybe see the U S changing their stance is if somebody like Vivek was the VP and starts putting, feeding that information in Trump's ear a little bit, because I know he was so against Bitcoin. He saw it as this threat to, um, you know, honestly, similar, like both parties feel very aligned in that sense at the top that they see Bitcoin as more of a threat than they do as something that they can use as a vehicle for progress. I mean, Trump's yeah, already changed because... his tune and one party is way more outspoken about it being bad than the other two. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Uniswap. With their revenue sharing, that's a they're a U.S. company. I mean, isn't that a big green flag for for the U.S. to start? Um, I guess accepting it more, being more legal to you know do business here. So I I haven't looked at the exact um, 
I haven't seen exactly what the, the details are behind that yet. I'm not sure exactly what, but like the fact that they are able to do some type of revenue share. I mean, again, it's bullish, but what I'm saying is as far as the detail, I'm not sure if it's something they just decided to push forward and they're like, you know what, we'll deal with what the response from the U S government is whenever it happens. Um, or if it's something that they got the green flag, the green light for to begin with. Right. So like, that's the thing I'm a little bit unclear on crow, but I do think that it's bullish that somebody at least has the balls to say, we're going to go forward with it. Like, you know, and just see what happens. I think the pendulum swing in there. I think it's going as far as it's going to. Because the Democrats don't have anything to gain by like shitting all over it, but we'll see. Well, I mean, right now it just is still viewed. You know, you've got like the Nancy Pelosi's of the world that are sitting there, and they still just talk about all these really outdated ideas, trying to convince people crypto is this niche vehicle of only. You know, only criminal transactions happen with Bitcoin, ETH and cryptocurrencies on the blockchain, right? Like that is still the image they're trying to paint. And I think when they realize that, you know, enough people don't buy that anymore, right? That enough people have just accepted it, that it's become this commonplace thing and not only commonplace thing, but something that people want, eventually at that point, like Democrats. Not, not just Democrat. I mean, politicians are so fueled by just this need to capture a trend of what's happening right now and be popular. There, there's not this high level of conviction that I think they really have that it is this vehicle of evil. As much as I think it is a narrative that they're trying to paint because they think it sounds right to their, you know, to their um, constituencies. So the money's saying something else, all the money that's coming into Coinbase through the ETF. Exactly. So as the money continues to speak, I think we're going to see that shift and it's going to happen. Um, But before then, before it really happens, I think there are going to be other countries that beat us out. Like, I think you're going to see probably a big name from Europe that comes out and says, hey, you know, we're putting this on the balance sheet. We're investing, right? Like, we're going to see some other names that end up doing it. You know, maybe some Asian country that's like, point being, El Salvador is not going to be isolated in being, like, we're going to see a wave, I think, that's going to end up happening. I don't think the U.S. does it quite yet, you know, because officially the U.S. does still own, you know, large supply of BTC, still the, I think, the number one largest holder, um, well, yeah, seeing as how Satoshi is the CIA, I mean, so I mean, dude, if Satoshi was the CIA, some of the dumb shit that he wrote in those emails back in the day would have been the most genius level psyop in the world. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I mean, if you go through his old emails or you've seen some of the stuff that he wrote, not all of it is as eloquent as the Bitcoin white paper is. So, you know, I I guarantee if Satoshi were alive today, he owns multiple wonky stocks. Um, speaking about, you know, dating back, I guess, um, shout out to Magic Eden, uh, announcing they're going to do an airdrop to ETH wallets dating back to 2017. Way to just like put your pinky in open, open C's ass. Okay. So what, how do they say they're going to do that? Let's see. Magic Eden airdrop. Uh, if I Google that, I'm going to get a million spam links. Um, so is it based on volume? Is it based on like what's in the, the wallet currently? Uh, I don't know. Um, what might be a fault of mine is when it's like large name and they say airdrop. I don't necessarily do a deep dive to it. I just accept it for what it is. I hear free money. Let me know when it's coming my way and you have my support. So they call it a diamond claim. Um, but did they give any other details? 
No. I don't know. I heard free money. I put my hands up. Well, I mean, but where are you getting the details that it's back to 2017? Mm, good question. I saw it on a tweet. Yeah, like I see somebody, I, I've seen a couple of tweets here, like Magic Eden is opening a diamond claim for ETH users, counting activity dating back to 2017. There we Bro, go. that's the, like, I mean, we'll see. I've got a bunch, I've got, I'm, I'm just curious to see what type of activity is actually going to be eligible and how many of my hundreds of wallets are actually going to get some type see? of claim. Okay, exactly. And here we go. It, exactly how you bring users over, right? No, I didn't even use Magic Eden before this. Magic Eden was pretty much like the open sea of Solana. Uh, but they or yeah, but they took a book or a page out of OpenSea's book and decided to not do what OpenSea's doing by not rewarding the holders. And they're like, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and run it back for for ETH people. And now you got a bunch of people who haven't even thought about Magic Eden before about to check it out. Genius. I I really don't understand OpenSea's like whole move here, um, and it kind of irritates me. Probably the biggest fumble of last cycle, uh, but here we are. Okay, dude. Here's the question, though. If I, I do want to hear your take on this, if Open OpenSea were to drop a token in, say, the next month, they're like, you know what, we're gonna drop a token, and it's going to happen on whatever date. I'm going to just take the edge case here. I still think that there are enough people that just hold a special place for OpenSea in their heart just because of the fact, again, even though there were some bad times, a lot of those bad times were good times. And I think that they would attract a large number of people back. I really do. I think that they would no, do it that's a heartbeat. the only thing that would save them. That is yeah. the only thing that would save it. And I, and I agree with you. I think because it would so too. many people have activity there, they would immediately be rooting for OpenSea. Right. You know how many how many times I get torn between like not wanting to fuck up my blur loyalty percentage and then also the odds of me someone paying a higher premium. I've seen people pay like half any premiums uh, on NFTs that are on OpenSea simply because one, they probably just don't know about blur um, and that most of liquidity is there anymore. and yeah, so sometimes I'm like, do I want to fuck up my blur farming a little bit to try and get, you know, a higher premium uh, on OpenSea or do I just, you know, everything's a floor on blur, um, <laughs> you know, just like try and get the liquidity now and, and, and keep, uh, you know, keep the loyalty percent. No, I, I agree. If OpenSea did, and I, and I don't think they will at this point, I think, I think their plan might be fuck we messed up we don't want to deal with this anymore we have big enough a name hopefully someone will buy us out and solve all of our problems um i think that's what they're gambling on at this point so you think they just want to take the lazy approach let somebody else handle it what else have they done well i mean it's the same type of thing as the metamask airdrop where everybody asks why is metamask not done it right like you know, but I, I think the main reason why MetaMask hasn't had to do it is because there isn't just this killer, killer competitor yet. Um, there are some. Well, not options. only that, like, dude, they were sucking two point five percent off every single sale, and we're talking like hundreds and no billions of dollars in volume, probably over the over that time. Like they in the amount of overhead was probably so microscopic. Like the, the OpenSea is still probably has still the largest war chest out of any other. In well, because then they, they raised capital outside of that, yeah, right? That, it, 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 OpenSea, like you can't even fathom the amount of money that they have right now. And I think that's what's well, the bad that's also assuming now. that they kept it in the company's pocket, not their own rooster. Right. Like, right. So, I mean, I, I would be curious to see what their actual war chest is versus what type of house and, you know, they live in and what type of car they drive. Oh, I'm sure regardless of the house and the car, their war chest is still still deep like that. And, and I think that's what irritates people most. It's like you benefited the most out of anybody in the entire NFT space during this whole run right 
And now a competitor shows up, much smaller competitor at the time, knocks on the door, gives, you know, people a rather large airdrop for the for those who participated. And I think even if OpenSea doesn't airdrop, the only thing that could save them would be a massive one. Like I'm saying, if people, if your average airdrop isn't above like $2,000 um, from OpenSea, if they were ever to do it, I still I don't think they could come back from that um, with, with no other incentives. Okay, here's the question like, then. It'd have to be a $5,000 minimum airdrop, I think. Um, I, I want to dive even deeper down the rabbit hole. I think we're on the same page as, you know, on the open seafront where we can go down and talk about how they fumbled the bag. There's one way out for them all day long. What about an, a more niche exchange like looks rare? Is there anything that they can do to revive no. themselves? No, uh, uh, no. Everything where they've already, you know, they did the they did the airdrop to start off and get volume there. You know, it's funny. I still look through. There's still like one or two songs listed on Looks Rare. There is, I think, in the half ETH range. Um, so they're a little bit up there, but you know, eventually one of these days we'll have a Looks Rare stonk sale. Um, but I, you know, I've thought through that one, and the only other incentive that I could possibly think of for them. Either A, they'd somehow have to find another token that complements their current governance token, right? Like, or B, I would say an NFT, they'd have to have some either massive collaboration that brings them value to where it's like, hey, everybody that does whatever gets this NFT dropped to their wallet. But, you know, OpenSea tried that um, with their, their whole claim for oh shoot whatever the name of those yeah the gemesis the yeah the gemesis claim right OpenSea tried that and it fumbled so i look at a you know so why i bring this up though if a platform doesn't do it correctly and doesn't find a way to get people to stay then you know like what is there left to keep them alive and i even wonder you know we look at we look at um looks rare and both of us are sitting here saying it's dead. Like there's nothing they can no, do it is. come back. Yeah. So is. what about Blur? Whenever Blur is done with this final season of farming, what incentivizes people to stay there? Is it just because it's the best aggregator? Like, you know, what you is... don't you don't need okay, here here's my take. For one, looks rare, dead. Nothing they can do. Uh, especially with like how relatively small like the space is and the amount of volume on the marketplaces. Um, you know, as Ricky Bobby's dad said, if you're not first, you're last. Um, and with NFT exchanges, I think it's the exact same thing. Like you're either going to have 90% of the volume or you're going to be last. Um, and I, I think Blur did it the intelligent way in a sense of doing a long farm because you built a wait, rooster. Let's pause real quick. How many times did we say it was unintelligent during the course of this long farm period? You right? can like, stumble. Let's, let's be fair you here. Let's be fair here. Yeah, there no, were multiple it, times where we're like blurs fumbling the bag. No, they weren't, but they were at the time, but they still made it right allegedly we have a lot more points on the screen right now than we did during season two and i think that's that it's a band-aid over the wound i don't think a lot of people have cashed in on their uh the the second round of blur airdrops i think they got tired out um because they didn't even care anymore Uh, so i I figured people you know kind of like frentech um people just accepted that they might not ever even get it anymore you did see the volume die there um but then they did execute the airdrop and then they made it even ponzier and farmier for the third one and in this space that's good right um but while doing that long farm they're building up habits in people right before blur everyone would go immediately to OpenSea and IC tools. That was like the habitual thing for, for an NFT trader, right? You'd have 10 pages of OpenSea open while having IC tools open at the same time, right? That, that is what you did. It wasn't until Blur did their first round of airdrops, which came fairly quickly after launching the exchange that they started grabbing the volume from OpenSea. 
Um, and then it cascaded from there. And now at, for the majority of the current traders, you have 90 plus percent of the volume on ETH in NFTs is on Blur still. That's not going to get drawn away unless if there's an incentive to for it to be drawn away because everybody, I, I don't even have one OpenSea tab open on my computer right now. It's literally a couple blurred tabs and some tensor tabs, which is the blur of Solana. So at this point, it's habitual, and you you have to have a nice piece of bait um, to draw the attention from the users. All right, um, I, I it's going to be interesting for sure. I think one other thing that I I want to talk about on the exchange topic is is there any way that any of these centralized exchanges that are trying to dip their toes into the the nft marketplaces have a chance of actually making a splash is there anything that they can do if anybody can do it it's backpack team uh in armani i i, I think they're working on something to to be able to connect your exchange wallet to tensor um and then be able to like not have to have, um, you know, like a separate offline or, you know, a separate hot wallet uh, to transfer from exchange to then, you know, do your NFT purchases and on. I think they're trying to bridge the gap to where you can look at your NFTs in your exchange wallet. Um, I'm not sure exactly how they're doing it, but I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, you're uh, I mean, I think you're right. Like, I think one thing that we saw for sure that's not going to work is the model Coinbase and FTX tried where you have to deposit your NFTs onto the exchange and basically operate them as, you know, like it made sense for a little bit with the whole thing of potentially saving people gas if you can bring enough of the volume there. Um, but once once we really saw it in practice, it just doesn't you've got to keep these things on chain. Um, so what really, and the only way that one of them will actually do it is if they're okay, not being a custodian and they're just okay with building some type of, you know, product where it is a decentralized aggregator, right? Where it's something that they're okay and they take a lower percentage fee and they just have enough of a team already built out that, but like, I, I think so many of them are focused on trying to get the, the deposits into their wallets that they are going to fumble that bag and not do something decentralized. They would have to do something. That's the only way. But then the question really becomes, what's the incentive to get people there? Right? Like, you know, because a, one of these centralized exchanges, the ones that are going to like have a token already have a token. And that token is for, you know, trading volume, et cetera, that they've done on it where, you know, like, heck Bybit has a, like all these other random exchanges have a token that aren't named Coinbase or Kraken, right? So they all have their own tokens already. So they can't bring people over with a token because they're not going to change their tokenomics to an extent to get it or get people there. So it really, they'd have to introduce a new token specifically for the NFT side of things. And I just don't see anybody doing it. I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be more of like a normie on-ramp rather than trying to capture any of the current market. Um, I, I feel like it'd definitely be more of a marketing move rather than like a, for NFTs in general rather than, I don't know. I, I just don't see how they get the return on investment. But right, like without having some type of carrot to offer, um, you know, it, again, that's the biggest thing that I think that we're looking at with all of these is that people want to be rewarded. And if you don't really value your users in that way, you know, even if you have the biggest name in the space, it doesn't matter if somebody else cares a little bit more about finding a way to reward users. People here want to be rewarded. The people who are not here yet uh want to buy when the FOMO is rising and ideally sell higher, but they never have an exit plan. Um 
so I think the carrot is going to be your naive people chasing gains and, and they won't really need to capture any of the current market share. Honestly, with the influx of, um, you know, people and money that's going to be coming into, you know, the crypto market in general. Uh, I feel like there's enough juice there that they don't really have to do anything to gain current market participants. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. Um, I don't even really remember how we got started down this rabbit hole. It's an interesting combo. Actually, I kind of do remember a little bit. We started, it started from, well, we were on Reddit NFTs, and then we went from Reddit NFTs. It was to, a Magic Eden rewarding the Eden Yes, wallet. the Magic Eden thing. So, yeah, we, we potentially have a Magic Eden stimmy coming up, which is exciting. Yeah, um, all, all stimmies are exciting. I mean, it's a season of stimmy right now. Uh, what, how much is it going to be, and, you know, how much are they going to reward ETH users? I mean, who's a no? Because there wasn't a lot of ETH activity on Magic Eden. However, they are doing the smart thing, and they pretty much have a cross-chain marketplace right now. Uh, Rooster, I do have to make an announcement. We're going to have to end the space here in a minute. So here's why. Um, Once again, I fumbled the bag, and... (laughs) Um, I, I've got to remember to charge my old phone that I operate from the Ledgeart account before spaces start because operating a space at the same time as charging your phone leads toward a hot piece of coal that is just sitting out there and it overheats every time. I have learned my lesson though. Also, that as soon as I uncool this thing and start the phone back up, the space is going to end. I think it's good until then. Um, but yeah, like we're, we're going to get rugged soon <laughs> and it's been, it's been a little over an hour. We've had a good space. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good space. What's your strategy this time to not just leave the phone dead? Uh, my strategy next time is charging the phone ahead of time. Um, <laughs> but it's tough. Like, you, you know why it's tough also, because it's an old enough phone that, it, you know, like it's just an old iPhone X, right? So the battery is not the best on it. Um, and if I think I have it charged from a couple days before and I haven't touched it in a couple days, like it's going to be dead before the space starts. So there are ways. I even told myself I was going to unplug this sucker five minutes in to this 